Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. Hey, and welcome everybody. This is uh, Man Up, uh, the Man Up number 46, coming up on a full year of this stuff. This is pretty awesome. Hope you're excited. We're really excited as well. And <clears throat> we're coming to you from here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland Baptist Church. We're in the Man Up Adult Bible Fellowship in, here in Sugarland Baptist Church, which is... In Sugarland, Texas, right outside of Houston. So if you got a globe, spin it around. We're in the southeast corner of the state of Texas. And we are in the middle of a great study. And if you follow us, we are on SoundCloud. We're also on iTunes. And we have a Facebook page at Man-Up. So if you have a question for the panel, <clears throat> just type it in there and uh, we'll... Uh, Try to get you totally confused on the uh, on the podcast. So, <clears throat> what Man Up is? We're not pastors. We're just regular guys from this men's only adult Bible fellowship. And what we do is we do a lesson on Sunday, and yet we get together on Wednesday to talk about it and to broadcast it. And that is what you're listening to. Right now, we're in the middle of a book. It's an awesome study. It's Six Battles Every Man Must Win. It's by Bill Perkins. It is a tremendous study. And we are in a chapter. You know, I should have at least prepared for this. Chapter three and a half. Chapter three and a half. Uh, winning the War for Your Heart. So we're in the second part of uh, chapter three. <clears throat> and let me, I'll introduce the panel first. And, uh, and then I'll go ahead and let them uh, give their overview of the uh, study. And then we'll go into it. Typically, I would read the scripture, but uh, I don't really have it here in front of me. And uh, we'll, we'll leave that uh, for as Kyle or, or as we go. So our panel today is, he is our resident intellectual. He is a professional policy writer. As well as in his spare time, he's a risk manager or gambler. Mr. Steve Ditch is here. Also here, we have our class deacon who, have, who actually uh, is the person who got this study approved. He's an insurance guy, and he'll be leading us in the discussion. His name is Mr. Kyle Trahan, and he's a professional attorney. And he's the prosecutor for the city of Houston. So if you get in trouble here, you'll get your the book thrown at you by Mr. Michael Cropper. Hello, and, hello. And my name is Bill Cox. I am uh, basically just a salesman, but I'm a writer and actor. And I am the host of the podcast, Man Up. So, and with that, go ahead and uh, start it out by uh, turning it over to Mr. Steve Titch here. Well, I, I'm going to uh, I'm 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 going to as they I'm going to check and and, oh, check. and put it to, to Kyle because we're we're on the second part of this lesson. Last week we discussed uh, bullying and and kind of more in the physical nature, growing up and dealing with bullying, and and this is really 
more spiritual bullying and, and how the culture uh, uh, bullies and tries to bully or tr basically tries to beat down good men, um, men who are, who are doing their best to walk with the Lord. Um, I'm going to just pass it on to either Michael or, or, or Kyle, be, been, and I'll be sure to chime in a little, little later as we get rolling. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and we'll go to Michael Cropper first and then go to Kyle right, since sure. he's going to well, lead us. All right. Yeah, uh, Steve, I don't think of it as bullying, but you're absolutely right. Uh, the two areas we're going to deal with today are a man needs to keep up with his neighbor. The Jones is right in everything he owns, and that should be a desire of your heart as a man. And it's filtered into the church. It's filtered everywhere around us. And, and I'm looking from the background, but Steve is absolutely correct. The, everything you say, you look at TV, everything you read about is what's wrong with you if you don't have a new car, if you don't have a new house, if you don't have... Uh, the second part of this, a wife that's in perfect shape, that's a perfect model which is, has to do with bullying you through men and sex. And we talked about that a lot Sunday morning in the class. So those two areas really are a way that the society is guiding our men and, and directing us if we follow it. And it's hard not to follow it because it's everywhere you go. It's every, it's, we're saturated with it everywhere around us. I couldn't agree more. And Kyle Trahan. Um. Well, I mean, kind of as, as I've been doing, I'm going to go through, you know, I kind of wrote my thought processes down as I went through this. <coughs> Our book and everything is more of the discussion style, which is what we get the most out of here at Man Up. You know, it's bouncing the ideas and hearing the other, you know, impressions from everybody else. So, you know, we've got uh, the second half of chapter three is stand your ground and we're talking about the cultural bullies which as Steve mentioned is kind of getting more into that spiritual realm it's what beats us up ourselves more you know I mean some of it's society or what have you but it's more what we do to ourselves um, and the first cultural bully that he brings out in the book is um, you are what you own basically materialism you know, mm -hmm. you said this, you know, who has the newest car? Yeah. I went to look at new cars today, or not today, yesterday. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Mine's got some problems, a little older. We had it checked out. I know what it's going to cost me, but do I go and just get something new and, you know, ditch the old car because what happens next? Or do you repair it and just keep rolling down the road? Well, me, myself, and I, I don't, I don't buy into the culture of bullying of materialism very much. I never have. I understand it. I get it. I know why people go after it because of what our culture and our society says you should have. Mm -hmm. I just don't buy into it. So I went and looked at the new cars knowing when I drove up on the lot that I was really going to just have my old car repaired and keep rolling for another couple of years. I'm sorry. I don't want a $900 note to buy the truck that I want. Right. That's right. $900 a month. It was to pay it off in their, mm -hmm. you know, whatever time frame. Take that figure. You know what? That's as much as my house. Right. It is. Now, if my wife kicks me out, I have a rolling house. Right, right. And it costs me the same. But, you know, a lot of people go, you know, go after that. You know, it's the almighty dollar. It's what runs our society. If you don't have the dollars, then you're left behind. Mm 
Well, and also, though, the cultural bullies out there is the media. The media will put a story, and it will beat that story to death. Yes. And in order for you to not have that story in your mind, you basically have to put blinders on and plug your ears because it's everywhere. And and they push it so hard that it's the dominating story around the water cooler at work. I just don't subscribe to that stuff. And so instead of watching a lot of TV, I read. And one thing about it is, it makes me curious, and then I can actually, when I hear the story from someone, I can actually pretend that I'm interested, because I haven't heard it. (laughs) Whereas what they're doing is they're regurgitating what facts or... Lack lack, uh, their impression of facts. Propaganda. That uh, right. That some newscaster told them that was important to know Mm -hmm. about this item that may have happened twelve hundred miles away and has no bearing on me. Right. You know. So uh, so there's a and, and and then if you don't if you don't participate in that they they act like you don't care or you're stupid. Right, but I just I think as a man, I get to choose the integrity of my own brain, and because I'm typically a positive person, I don't want that negativity to poison my outlook. But they don't stop there. If you don't give in, they plant these ideas in your wife and women. Oh, or right? in your I mean, kids. Or in they your they kids. don't just reach for yeah. you and me. Mm-hmm. If you're capable of saying, no, I'm not going to buy a Mercedes, I'll be perfectly happy with a pickup truck, then they start, they, they at the same time, they're reaching the women. Marketing and say, women. what's wrong with your husband? Or, yeah. You, this will make your life happier if your husband mm-hmm. gets this. They yeah. reach behind your back and go behind you. Yeah. Right. You know, um, I don't know. As men, we're we're kind of damned if we do. You know, what do you sacrifice if you go all out? You spend every waking moment up at the office or whatever. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, you're trying to get ahead, pull a second job. You're doing whatever. You know, but at the end, are you sacrificing your family, your mm-hmm. relationship with God, mm-hmm. your friends, everything we're going to go through here in this book? You know. Um, and your health. Even more important than uh, health, right? Hugely. Right. You know, and then you're damned if you don't. You know, if you don't go after it and you live a mediocre life, you live in a standard old house and you drive the old Datsun car down the road. I don't know if they even make those things. Oh, no, no, that's Nissan. You know, Nissan. You know but you're, yeah, now it's Nissan, right, right. exactly. Mm-hmm. But you're driving the old car and, you know, you just live in a normal life. Well, what's wrong with you? You just said that a second ago, Mike. You know, that's what they'll poke at you from the wife. And then, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, the last part of it that I see is, you know, we're damned sometimes while we're doing it. You know? Oh, because Uh, we could sacrifice so much. Exactly. And and what... and, and, And this comes a little bit from personal experience, from seeing friends that I grew up, Within high school, and I, I went to a I went to a college prep high school, a religious high school, um, and the yet 
the media, society, even to some extent our church uh, is complicit in it. I won't say they're directing it, but let's, I'll, I'll, I'll wind it back and say the media and a lot of the secular culture. It's selling men a, a bill of goods or whatever, a, 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 a hogwash. But let, because, and, and, right. and let me put it this way. I, I've seen guys my age, friend, friends who were still, came out, of, came out of the same high school, went to the top, went, went to Columbia Law. Mm-hmm. Top, did, um, worked their way through that, got a, got a job, got a job with, um, Demovoice and Plinton, one of the top law firms in the country, doing and doing some really top work, mm-hmm. but doing it 15, 16, 17 hours a day, yeah. Yeah. working to make part and doing, and in the process he lost his wife, he lost his wife, lost his house, lost his kids, mm-hmm. and he's sitting there, my age now, and wondering. I thought I did everything right. Yes. Didn't right. I do? What the hell happened? Right. right. And it's sad. It's sad when they reach that point. Many men I know come wind it back before then. They see where this is going. But and I feel bad. Really, the thing is, it's sad because they didn't get involved in drugs. They did. They did. He did everything. The priests, the fathers, his parents. His mentors told him to do, and he is desperately unhappy. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And he's pushing sixty. He's he's pushed out of his house. He lives in a one room, one of efficiency apartment, and you know he's got his job. He's got he's he's a partner, but he's supporting. He has two houses that he doesn't live in. Neither of which he lives in. He's supporting kids that he doesn't see and a wife he doesn't see. Right. And and the and it's sad. It really is sad because you I, I and 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 that's what we got to be careful because there it is. The first thing you are what you own. Yeah. He, um, yeah. That's that's right. That it, it and 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 many and and to many people this was you know he did what he was supposed to do. Wow. Um, and I won't say he did what he was what he was sold. He bought. He bought it. He bought it. He bought it. Right. He bought it, and and that wasn't that wasn't it. And it's well, it's he <laughs> listened to the lies of the cultural bully. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and mm-hmm. it's wonderful you said that because that's mm-hmm. what this book is aimed to do is mm-hmm. to make us stop and think mm-hmm. before we get to your friend's mm-hmm. place. You know, right. realize, and again, we'll get mm-hmm. into it further in this book as we start getting into the battles. You know, we hadn't even hit the battles. There's right. six battles to go. <laughs> right. You know, yes, we're we have, still in the yeah. prep stage. Right. Yeah. And if we buy into the cultural bullies' lies and the propaganda that it gives us, then we will find ourselves mm-hmm. down that same road, and, sixty and, years old, whatever age, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter, busting your tail to do what you feel is right, but at the same time you're giving everything up, trying to get the house, the car, the, you know, or, I mean, for some guys, unfortunately, they over produce their kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got one friend, he's got five kids. Mm-hmm. You know, now he worked himself to death. The only thing he enjoyed doing was drinking. Mm-hmm. Now he's an alcoholic. You right. all have yes. met him. He's been to our class. Right, right. That's Eric. Cool. Yeah, that's what I was going to exactly. guess. Yeah. He's on, God, I don't know, his fourth, fifth, sixth DWI. 
I don't even know. I don't even wow. know how you get that mm -hmm. far. But he bought into it because he had no choice because he just wouldn't well, stop having kids. I, okay, well, here, here's and the thing. Got him into the situation. Here's how the cultural uh, norm was made. I was just at my dad's memorial service. Mm -hmm. My dad was 88. Every one of those guys that came in were farmers. The vast majority of them worked a second job so they could afford to farm. Okay? Mm -hmm. Their marriage was a partnership. It wasn't them providing everything. It was a partnership. They provided money and food, but the wife took care of the children and the home. Mm -hmm. Many of these men nowadays, they're providing for a wife so she doesn't have to work, but also for daycare for the kids, for yeah, housekeepers, right. for nannies in some place. So there's nothing for the woman to do. So and, and look when, at illicit stuff. Uh, well, or, or, or some yes, robbers on the whatever. Right, a seed of how she's unhappy. Okay, whereas in my dad's era, and and here and the, the thing about it is, all those people coming through, and I was standing in the in the uh, greeting line. Mm -hmm. It's not what my dad had that they that they mentioned. It's what my dad who, was to him. Who he was. Yeah. Who he was and the relationship that they had with him. And when and when the day is done and when it gets to the end, that is what it's about. The relationship that you have with the people that you love. And my dad loved those people. And I heard story after story. A lot of them I, I, I knew. But I knew the story from a different side, but from my dad telling me. But some of them, I had no idea how special he was to these people. But that's that is what men are sacrificing: not being able to take the time to build relationships. Because what? Because because your car is a 2018 and not a 2014. Or yeah, yeah, whatever. Right, and you're gonna drive to the same places and down the same roads. It yeah. does not yeah. matter. Right. Exactly. Know. And you know Well it's a vacuum. Joy, your happiness and your joy comes from owning things. And every day you're supposed to try to reach and get something else, right? It isn't. What you said is absolutely correct and fits the Bible too. It's relationship with your family. And people. And people. Ab absolutely. absolutely. You know, I won't turn down the million dollar check if somebody just wants to give it to me. But I'll be prudent and invest my money and I will live on that for the rest of my life and tithe and do good with my money. You know. Provide it for people. But I'm not going to kill myself to get it. You know. Right. And, and, and I'm not willing to give up everything else that I have and work for on a personal level. Exactly, and, and, and what's else. what's worth the, the the you know they, there's a whole lot of talk about you know the, the Protestant work ethic, and you're supposed to be productive, and you're supposed to be independent, you're supposed to be providing for your family. That is that is true, but 
just like with yourself, there are needs and wants. Your kids want a father. They don't need, they don't need the smartphone. They don't need the game system. That's right. They, you don't need to be out. They don't even need the best, Close. the best private school. If you are there, if you are a father, and you are there for your children, spiritually, as a spiritual example, as a life example, if you are there and involved, they are, they're not going to go wrong. They're going to be successful. You can't buy success for your kids. No. Mm. no. Period. No, I would agree. You well, can't buy success for your kids. And, you know, you and, brought up the fathering <laughs> thing. I was curious. In this room, how many people's fathers were involved in their growing up? You were on the farm. You're talking it. Uh, yeah. They left, you know, the raising the kids to the wife and stuff like that. But how involved was your dad with you? Uh, actually, my grandpa. My well, dad's right, dad grandpa, was know, very involved. Dad. My dad uh, left me notes and stuff because he worked third shift. Right. And okay, so, and you know what I'm saying? Right. And so, but he was still uh, involved. He, oh, yeah. Sure I mean, we went, he, he we went to church all the time. I mean, he was like, a, he was a spiritual leader. And here's the thing um, my wife and I, we were the poorest. When our kids were little, we uh, I had a good job. She had a good job uh, when we met and we got married. And when we got married, we decided that we were going to follow our dreams. I wanted to be a speaker. She wanted to be an artist. So we both quit our jobs, got part-time jobs in what we wanted to do, and then found out she was pregnant. <laughs> and so we figured that we were going to be broke the rest of our life. But I think in God's plan, particularly for us, us being struggling kept us home for our children. We were more involved. We rarely had babysitters for my kids, even though my parents don't live around here. We just couldn't afford to go out. Our kids were our entertainment. And so we were more involved with them in the formative years. And I, in, in retrospect, in my case, I think that was good. And it shows an Andrew. Steve, how about you? Your dad. Um, earlier, when I when once I became a teenager, there was it, it, things began to break down because his drinking intensified. But he was kind of there. You know, my my dad was kind of in the madman generation, uh, the the '60s, and he was an executive, went to work, uh, okay. gray flannel, um, and very much that 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 life, that that home environment, and that life that was portrayed in the series Mad Men was very much, uh, very much my father's, even though he wasn't in advertising. Um, nonetheless, the the idea of the wife being home, the kids living in the suburbs, uh, and a whole lot of personal problems going on uh, in his life. Um, uh, I remember him, the, the before really before he got promoted, it was a little different. We went to Met games, ball games. Uh, he was there. <clears throat> Um, so he bought into that culture of bullies. Huh? And Got part, the promotion. Partly, yes, and yes, that was that. And unfortunately, that was the big enabler, um, in many ways, on my mother's. Your dad drinks because he's providing for you. We laugh. We laugh now, but that was that yeah. was the classic model of the of the sixties and seventies. Now we're into cows. No, no, it was not my fault. 
He was not doing it for me. He was doing it for himself. Right. Um, and and but we won't talk psychology today. We got right. more fun stuff. But yeah, there you yeah. are. There you are. Uh, of um, of. Uh, but again, I was fairly materially. I was provided for. And right. you know, now I know you're pretty involved with your son. Mm -hmm. You know, so no matter what, we know yeah. where that outcome mm -hmm. might. You and your dad. My dad worked a lot of hours, but he was there if I needed him to help fix a car and do things at home. My dad did not know the Lord or trust the Lord, but he did. He was a good provider. He was moral. He was ethical, and he was there when I needed him. So, so as I look back, it was it, it was really good. I thought at first it wasn't it wasn't a great deal because he didn't know the Lord, but you know what? He still men in that age group came through World War II, generally. Took care of their families, right? Right, and he did it's that. A generational right. thing. He did that. Yeah. Right. Again, I know you were involved with your kids. Oh yes. You know, oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And, and the band actually. Mm -hmm. uh, we we go to Cheapway to Florida and go scuba diving, which they dearly loved. But uh, no, we didn't have the vacations to Hawaii and everything like that. But uh, I, I did take them a few places. But uh, yes, I loved my kids. Got them involved in band, and they all did well in band. So so. Uh, but you can't get kids in everything, but you can get them in some mm -hmm. things and encourage them to do well in what they do, right? Exactly. And, uh, yeah, and then, you know, myself, I think one of the reasons I don't buy into the materialism is I've seen both ends of the fence when I was growing up. You know, um, Dad is an extremely good businessman. He has an innate ability to be able to make tons and tons and tons of cash. He's, he's had a million different businesses. That's one of the reasons... I have business ADD myself. I like to have my hands in a whole bunch of little pots. Uh, my resume is nine feet long. I'm in my 40s. All right. Um, if I put everything on there, really, it's five pages long on my resume. Um, but we had a lot of money at one time. I mean, we had 18 wheelers. Dad's buying them cash, and you know. Then the other side of it, because Dad was an alcoholic mm -hmm. as well, Dad drank a lot. And made some really, really poor choices in business. Mm. And he lost all that money. And there was a point that he told me, you know, when I did reach adulthood, that there was a stage in his life that I would have never actually had to work. We had so much money. I don't know how much that actually is, and I never really want to know. I just know it had to have been a lot. Okay? But I also remember going to the town next to us with the food stamps because we wanted to shop at the store the town nobody else knew us. Mm -hmm. Sure. You know, and so I, I've seen both ends of it. Sure, it's nice to have a lot of money, but it's really nothing because it can go mm -hmm. like that. That's right. One dumb mistake, one wife leaving you. It doesn't matter how good a partner you are. I got $400,000 coming in this year. Guess what? They're going to take 375000 of it. And you're going to live on 25 grand. Yeah. And you're still going to work your tail off to provide it. You know. Um, now I know we're getting uh, there on our time, and I want to roll into that yes. second the one. Second. <laughs> the second one, I think, was okay. probably the most anticipated conversation thus far out of the four lessons. Um, and so the second cultural bully that this book brings us to uh, is medicate your pain with sex. So, you know, we've said it already through this discussion. Life is hard. You know, life isn't easy. It's not all, 
uh, what do you call it, cupcakes and posies is what I'm going to say for it. it. It's not, you know, a, a warm cup of milk and everything. It's, you know, granola bars and warm cantina warm water. Warm <laughs> cantina water, exactly. And a hill and, in the horizon. Let's <laughs> get to it. And, uh, you know, we as guys, we, we get battle fatigue. You know, you're, you're this guy, same uh, Steve's friend over here that, you know, 60 and has lost everything. What do you do? You're sitting in an apartment by yourself. You know, in this secular world, everything is run by sex. You know, uh, well, they certainly they certainly make it look like it is, <laughs> and and here in that's true, and that's the thing, they sell it with the media and the ads. You can't you can't look at any uh, pages of magazines without being sold sex. They and they, I think they they make it so you feel younger in some way that you're in the picture too. Uh, you know, in some weird sense, when you look through these ads. But then here's the thing. Uh, you have the Me Too movement with sexual harassment. Or in other words, it's kind of like training a dog. Come here, come here, come here, come here. And the dog comes for you. Smack. Come here, come here, come here. Smack. Pretty soon, you're going... Come here to the dog, and the dog's not sure what he wants to do, whether he wants to come close or not, or just get smacked. And I think that's what's happening in society for men. They're emasculating men. They're punishing them for what is evolutionary and biological behavior that men have developed over centuries and they're becoming hypersensitive. And now what's happening is our next generation of guys are not going to be assertive whatsoever because of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just my opinion. But, but that's not the issue, I think, here. What, what, he, what he is, what the author is talking about, in, and in, in, it, it, again, it's, it's saturated into the culture. So I will, I will say, yes, we've got a culture that basically is signaling sex is everywhere except when and it's, it's not. And it's okay. <laughs> and it's okay except when it's not. And so, right. so signals are going out that are, that are completely screwed up. And, it, and I, think, I think they're as screwed up for women as they are for men. Um, as well. Really? Yes, yes, no, because I'm going to I'm going to go back okay. I'm going to go back to the the, the the and I'm not talking upset and I, as I said Sunday sexual harassment at work is 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 a problem. What what we're in in a year socially is if you re, if you were followed it this whole Aziz and Sari situation where uh, a woman had a date with her it went wrong and she left believing she had been assaulted. When actually, if you look at it, she lacked the cultural vocabulary to take herself out of the situation. And, and, and I can't go into it. If, I, I'd say look it up on the internet. The, the, the whole thing is in babe.net. It's her story from her point of view, nothing from Ansari. Nonetheless, she goes on a date with him. They go back to her his place, and he is a comedian. He's a he's he's, he's a a um, a, a, a comedian comedian now. Is very flat. Now she is a photographer. She's not a naive 
kid just off the bus. She met him in Los Angeles where she was a photographer on assignment and she lived in New York. So while we don't get into it, that tells you something. That, that she's, she's good enough to be a showbiz photographer and work bi-coastal. So if she goes on this date with him, they go back to her place, and that apparently they do engage in some, in some sexual foreplay, but then she grows uncomfortable. But at the same time, her mind, her culture is telling, I should be here. I should be enjoying. This is, this is what being a liberated New York young lady is all about. Hooking up with a celebrity. Hooking up with, you know, a funny guy. And yet her spirit, her soul is telling her, I am uncomfortable in this situation. And, and literally, she, she goes, she, she, finally, she, she finally decides to leave but not after a whole lot of activity, and, and both both people, both sides come out very awkward about the situation. Now, I don't think Ansari committed any sort of assault or rape. Everything there happens because she agreed to it, she consented to it, but in a way her story is, if you read the thing, is that I since consented to it, but I didn't really want to consent to it. She had no, you know, the, 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 the authority was saying, well, why didn't you say no? Because just what we're talking about, the culture Cultural. did not give her the vocabulary right. to say, I really don't want to be here and I should be okay with that feeling. I shouldn't right. be feeling societal media pressure telling me that I'm wrong for wanting to back out of <clears throat> this hookup. Um, now, I, that's a long way of getting around to where we are. In, now, for men, it just simply is you are bombarded with sex. Um, we told we, we got it. I mean, not only do we have pornography available on a level that has never been available before, right. um, a lot of the tropes of pornography are now mainstreamed, um, where where you where where they're, 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 the, the 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 symbolism the um, the the tableaus be it as where I know I'm using a lot of intellect are are finding their way into advertising into into Vanity Fair, into photo shoots, mm -hmm. be it, you know, the way women are lying on a bed, the way they're posed. You look at it, it's, 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 it's tropes they're pulling out of, essentially, pornographic imagery, and they're putting it out in front, and, 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 we can, and I'm not going to debate aesthetics here. I know there's people out there who say, well, it's aesthetics. None, it, it, is, it is a simple fact that, that pornography is being mainstreamed, and... Um, for men, this is, yes, he goes back and calls it, um, it's, it's great, his language in the book, Perkins' language on page 31, like the song of the ancient sirens, the images of beautiful women lure men into the world of pornography. Each, every day men log in on the internet and, and search for a sexual rush. And, and I used to be rather libertarian about this whole thing, but now we've had 10 years or so of really free, easy availability of of pornography on the internet and and you can get it when you're way way you know when you're you know 12 13 maybe younger and that's beginning to shape men's perceptions uh, about the way the again they're being sold a bill of goods about the way the world is about the way women are the way relationships are supposed to work no you don't get sex <coughs> on the first date and no you have no right to demand it and no uh, when a, and, and 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 no every every woman does not look like the the girl in on on www.xrated.com um, so this and and 
so this is this is what is and I'm I'm, I'm gonna have to I have to punt because I, I I can't talk this long. But you see, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean I just I just shake my head because you're beginning to see the effects of it right. now. Well, um, well here's, way, here's the way here's First of all, yeah. men have a sex drive. God mm-hmm. placed it in yes, us, right? right. Mm-hmm. There's a, let's face it, and it was from the beginning of time, from Adam and Eve. We had a sex drive, mm-hmm. and women desired to please men. But it's taking it out of context and encouraging you to do it even while you're married. Right? Well, the ultimate goal of this, the ultimate action is that there come. are no longer yes. boundaries. Mm-hmm. Call marriage mm-hmm. if you desire. Mm-hmm. Fill your, I'm sorry, but, but no. go after your lust, fulfill your lust. Women, you do the same thing. Forget any confines or boundaries and or just go after yes. what? Or consequence. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, uh, yes. But Bill also wrote in here, you know, Satan delights in taking something good and distorting it for evil ends. Mm-hmm. And that's what he's doing with sex. I mean, sex is supposed to be for pleasure and procreation between a man and a woman. And that's where God placed it at Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. Somewhere along the way, we've taken it past all of that. Uh, I don't know the first reference here. Maybe you guys do, but at least Abraham, the serpent. You know, no, but I mean Abraham. Abraham had wives. You know, he had his wife. He had Sarah. Yeah, yeah. And she couldn't produce a child, so she says, "Well, here, take this slave girl." Bam! There's the first instance I can call off the top of my head. Yeah, he didn't say you know, no. It's no, not a godly no. thing to do. And there were no consequences. And, and you know, then you take prostitution, one of the oldest professions in the world or whatever, you know, as we've all heard anyway. You know, just a couple of those references that he brought uh, from the book. Um, He talks about King Solomon, you know. Um, Now, this is a wise moment as far as King Solomon is concerned, but uh, in 1 Kings 3.16 starts out, Now, two prostitutes came to the king and stood before him, you know, so there it was, you know, he's got to do his thing and made his choice of the kid and all that, you know. Um, but Solomon himself, he goes on in chapter 11, 1 Kings chapter 11, uh, 1 through 13. I'm not going to go through all of that. Uh, King Solomon, however, loved many foreign women besides Pharaoh's daughter. And he, all kinds of different nationalities. Uh, they were from nations about which the Lord had told the Israelites you must not intermarry with them because they will surely turn your hearts after their gods and away from him. Um, now, King Solomon, uh, I think all of y'all were here on Sunday. How many wives did Solomon have? Like 700 or something like that. 700 wives, 300 concubines. I'm sorry. You know, that's just that grabbing a new wife every difference? day. You know? <laughs> I, well, at least you don't have to worry about when your anniversary is because it's every day. You just better have something for somebody every day. Um, you know, and he still wanted more. Um, well, come back to, to some point you just brought up. And I, I never thought about this before. But even Solomon was somewhat distorted even before we're talking about all his concubines and wives when the two women came to him with the baby that the prostitutes why didn't he say you're sinning against God you are absolutely doing one of the top ten commandments you're prostituting yourself out to men and he should have handled it that way instead he brushed that part off the godly righteous part off and dealt with the argument that they were having so even he 
let his mind get distorted off the righteous uh, judgment that he had been placed there by God. But mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought that up. I've never thought about that. Um, so I took you out of your, your yeah, element there. I, I, I was, I'm just jumping in, but uh, you know, Samson as well. Yeah. You know, uh, Judges 16, 1. Uh, one day Samson went to Gaza where he saw a prostitute. Well, let me go do that. And so, you know, I mean, it's it's always been there. No matter what we have, we have that sexual desire and drive to have more, you know. Um, the more you attain it, the bigger it grows. Uh, well, but I mean, you know, sex is a, 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 a physical rush. You know, you get a euphoric moment, uh, if you will, that it gives you a mood swing, you know. So yeah, if you can produce that at any given time, you know, that you need it. Well, there you go. But every bit of it chips away a little bit more and drags you further in. You know? And it, it takes us back to connect it to what we were saying earlier. It does, it does diminish relationships. Um, whether it's an actual affair, of course, because um, you're, you're, you're actually being unfaithful to your wife. Um, uh, when, uh, but but you, you're, again, it's... it's, it's uh, Pornography is really just another drug right now, and it's nefarious because it's cheap. I mean, you really do have to. It, it, you, if you, if you, booze costs money, drugs cost a lot of money. Um, gambling can end up breaking you. You can you can you can indulge in pornography and feel you're not doing anything because it's not costing you anything. Oh, you know, but it is. It's 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 and and it and it is it is and it's been shown. It's habit forming. Um, it's uh, it, may, it may not be addictive in the in the clinical sense, but it's certainly uh, like the sirens. It keeps you coming back, and ultimately you crash upon the rocks because you're not spending that time in real relationship. Again, mm-hmm. it's fake. It's, it's well, real. You know, it's it's <laughs> it's kind of um, ironic how. When I was, uh, uh, I had a writing, I had a writing class, and uh, and we had to do poetry, and I wrote a poem about keep the dirty in cussing, and the point of that poem was by people who curse profusely, they'd taken the dirty. Out of the words, mm-hmm. because they use them just common in That's every right. day. Yeah. Same thing with pornography. Mm-hmm. It's so common now. We are jaded. It doesn't desensitize. We're desensitized. Absolutely, it doesn't shock us. And and here's the thing. Um, and like we and I brought this example up in class, though. If you want to maintain the respect. For your wife, you as a man, you've got to watch yourself. For example, if I'm out with my wife and some lady has nice shoes on, before I compliment her, I need to check with my wife to make sure it's okay. Maybe that's some girl that she doesn't like. I'm going to end up paying for it. Or it's some girl that's smoking hot. And although I'm complimenting her on her shoes, I shouldn't do that. Okay? And like I said before, for a man, 
that's out there, a married man, and some hot girl is there. He goes up, gives her a compliment. There's only three things that can happen, and they're all bad. The first thing, she ignores him, which is totally believable because that's what would happen to me. Okay? The second thing, if guy gives a hot chick a compliment and he's married, she'll get rude to him. Hey, get away from me, creep. Okay, that may happen. Or what is very unlikely to happen but could happen, hey, you're a good-looking man. Let's sneak off somewhere. No doubt your wife will find out. No doubt, she will make sure you pay, and you'll pay dearly. So, all three things, bad, extremely bad, and super duper extremely bad <laughs> can happen to you. An emotional rush for 20 minutes is not worth the family. Uh, uh, 20 seconds. 20 seconds. <laughs> yeah, which will end up, which would end up with a lifetime of pain. Absolutely, just like uh, Steve recited to us with his friend. With his friend, yes. exactly. That's the time. He didn't even. I don't he, think he was ever unfaithful. <laughs> it but, just, but yes, but like I said, it's all. It's a. It's fake. It's fake. It looks real. I mean, and, and that's that's the. I mean, part of it is human nature. I mean, you can argue. argue you can say there's there's evil in the world. You can personify it by saying Satan or the devil. Nonetheless, your own nature is going. It is. You forget all that. Oh, it's, I'm going. It, it, it's fake, and that's kind of like. I mean, they're selling you a bad bill of goods, and that's kind of what I always thought about girls with braces. You know, that's not going to change the DNA. You know what I'm saying? Her teeth are going to be straight. You're going to date her, marry her, have some children. They're going to be all staggle too, like her jeans were. Oh, Come on! Okay. Come on! <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, you should talk about you know fighting all this. I mean, the, or, you all right, know, let's, let's the close it up uh, yeah, with the armor of God. That, you know, standing, that's standing our ground. Up. That's the list. Standing right. our ground. Okay, Kyle, <laughs> kick us off. Um, well, as far as in the book, he he talked about one of David's mighty men, um, Shama, is what I'm going to name him anyway or pronounce him, uh, which meant waste. So you know, here was a guy, and we're we're going to get a little bit into it in the next chapter. Um, you know, but the guy's been called waste all of his life. Hey, waste! You know, it's not. Hey, Steve, how you doing? Hey, waste! You know, that's got to wear on you. Um, and then there came to a point uh, where everybody was running from the Philistines, and he decided he just had enough. He'd been pushed around by the bullies, and he said, "Enough is enough, and I'm gonna stay on my ground." Um, that day, he defended a field of beans against the Philistines, and he won uh, single-handedly with God on his side. Um, you know, we're in a, an epic battle here for our hearts. Satan knows when we've been out there and we've been fighting, <clears throat> when we're getting worn out. Um, and that's when he certainly tries to attack. Put up a series of temptations or whatever in front of us. And, 
you know, we are supposed to get that armor of God. Uh, you know, honestly, I've, I've looked at this little graphic that we have. I should probably take a picture and put it on the Put it on the website, or on the Facebook page. I'll I'll do that with several of these. Um, You know, but which one is the most important? You know, uh, when you're out there in battle, is it your sword? Is it your shield? Is it, you know, your feet so you can move out of the way? You know, I really don't know. And, of course, all of those things are supposed to be associated with a a different thing. So your shield of faith and your, um, you know, sword of the spirit and your feet with the gospel, you know. I don't really know. You know, this is such a strange thing that it's, um, it comes at us all the time. You know, when we're talking about sex and how to stand your ground. Um, what do you all I think all, all of us face that. At one time or another, we all get hit with something that's our weak point, or, or, or something that might cause us to stray. But the question is, and you mentioned something right here, the author says this, he says, when the time comes, he says, stand your ground, and then if you keep getting hit, stand your ground even more. So the, 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 the point he makes is stand. I, I, I believe uh, in myself, I had a couple opportunities whenever I was married to cheat on my spouse. And at that time, the Lord, when you're seeking the Lord all through your marriage and you're seeking to serve Him, he will, he will sustain you. He will come in in your weak moment as long as you're keeping focus on Him. Then I had the other times when I was weak and had the opportunity arisen, I might have cheated, but that opportunity didn't arise. I think the times come that you, you stand your, be- your ground as best you can, you repeat Scripture, you pray, you be the best Christian you can be, and the Lord will intercede for you and fight for you if you have a weak moment, and He will whether it's changing the time, if, if I'm, I'm making sense. When we're weak, He is strong. When we are strong, the, the temptation that comes against us will not penetrate us. And I think there's times, both times, we're going we're gonna to be strong most of our times in serving the Lord, and there's going to be times when we're weak and we have to trust the Lord to inter- intercede for us when we're weak if those temptations come. Does that make sense? Yeah. We've got, and this, and this plays into what, what we always talk about here, about being men and, and being active. The, Paul writes, put on the armor of God. Uh, and, and, and he, in, in, in quite you know, literal terms, you know, put on the belt, the shield. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say just mount it on a wall. Um, yeah. the, the word of God should be, is there to be worn. And it will only be effective if it is... Worn. A Bible on the shelf is a book on a shelf. Uh, armor on the wall is, is not going to defend you or protect you or help you stand your ground. You've, you've got to really uh, take action with your faith, uh, an active faith. And, 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 and uh, uh, that, is, that is the way to have the Lord beside you. Um, in, in, in doing many of the things you're 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 saying, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's um, it's it's proactive, and you, you, you and that's the way Absolutely. you really stand your ground. The uh, you, the Lord protects you. The Word of God protects you. Yes, yes. It's got to be put on. I guess. Is what Excellent. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> we're getting ready to wrap up. This is uh, podcast number forty-six. We're in the six battles every man must win. 
Uh, it's a book written by Bill Perkins, and this study is being hosted by our own deacon, Kyle Trahan. We're going to be coming up on Chapter 4, which is uh, Battle 1. Now we're getting into the battles. Fight for your identity. It's going to be the next one. So, And one final time, I'd like to just go around the room and uh, get a summary of uh, this week's uh, study, and we'll go ahead and start with Kyle. You know, um, <clears throat> I'm just really looking forward to the next ones. You know, uh, this has been a really interesting discussion tonight. Um, again, some hard discussions, um, topics that we normally don't bring to the table. At church. Um, especially at church. Absolutely. Uh, or anywhere else. Right. I mean, you know, how many times do you walk up and start saying, well, how many problems have you thought about porn this week? Right. Mm-hmm. It's just not a conversation that comes up. Or talk yeah. about money. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, right. People, yeah. Men it's, don't talk about money it's either. It's very rare that I'm going to say, Steve, how much money did you make last year? Right. <clears throat> you know, I'm just not yeah. Steve's over there calculating. <laughs> Let's yeah. see, where were my poker losses? <laughs> and, you know, that kind of thing. Right. But um, it, it, they are topics that we just don't get into as men. Right. Um, you know, so that's what I got. Michael Cropper. Yes. That, one thing... You've referred to David, and all of you know the story of David and Bathsheba, mm-hmm. when David was a king, and uh, Bathsheba's husband was one of David's top fighting men in his army, Uriah the Hittite. And uh, and all of you have read that one day David was out standing on the top of his palace, and he saw Bathsheba bathing naked, and he lusted after her. And, and the Bible tells <clears throat> us he was not where he should have been. He was in a place where he should have been. He should have been out with his men fighting the battles in the field and, and, and fighting them with the war. And instead, he was where he should not have been. And the temptation came upon him uh, to have sex with a woman who was married. And he took it upon himself to do that. I guess what I'm getting at in this is, folks, you do your best you can. You read the Bible. You attend church. Take your family to church. Uh, Pray, lead them in reading the Bible also, and and don't be in a place where you shouldn't be. Be because we have every opportunity to do that. As Steve said, and if you all have mentioned, all you have to do is push one button and you can look at porn on your internet. It's it's available immediately. Don't do that. Don't let yourself be caught in a place where you shouldn't be. It eventually will eat away at you and cause you to do what David did whenever he saw Bathsheba. Man, it will eventually eat you alive until you do something that could you could regret. So, with that in mind, men, join us in the man-up class if you don't have a spiritual location or Sunday school. I know, we're going to come to the bills. Still right, the bills right. 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 Steve. Uh, <laughs> other than all, I, it would be interesting for, for next week, but... Um, a lot of this is going to come down to knowing who you are and, and why you're doing what you're doing. And um, certainly, as, as sometimes as awkward as it sounds, the kingdom of God and the Lord comes first. It comes ahead of your family. It comes ahead of your job. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, while those are important, if you, if you seek first the kingdom, it's right there in, in Luke. Um, if you seek first the kingdom... All that falls into place the right way. Uh, and, and I found that to be true. That's, that's the great 
paradox of this religion. Um, and uh, so, as go back to what we we're saying, don't don't buy what the culture is selling. Um, uh, leave, look for discernment from the Lord, um, and and look to the Lord first, and and you'll be amazed how well things fall into place the right way. I would agree with that. Um, I, I and guard that. Guard your faith. Be selfish and realize uh, the purity um, of your faith and continue to grow and, and don't let anything take that away from you. <clears throat> My name is Bill Cox. This has been a, a great uh, discussion. <clears throat> We've been in Six Battles Every Man Must Win by Bill Perkins. <clears throat> you can find us. This is the Man Up Group on iTunes, SoundCloud. We have a Facebook page. And we invite each and every one of you to join a Bible-based church, get in a men's-only adult Bible fellowship, and if there isn't one there, start it. This is Man Up! You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place! You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.